Welcome to the Way Church Service at Greystone with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. We're just so grateful and thankful for all the soldiers who gave their lives for this country. How about a show of hands for the veterans in the room today? And to continue to fight for our freedom. And also the soldiers in the church that fight to keep the church open. Amen? One body? Many parts. That, That touches my heart. We owe so much to them. I don't know if all of you know, but we take care of that memorial across the street. We just put up a huge flag over there for it. So if anybody goes by there and sees anything, you know, go by, stop by and just say a prayer and give thanks to the soldiers that kept our country free, keep our country free. Amen. And continue to do that. This service is going to be dedicated to them this morning and to our ultimate sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're going to be starting in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 this morning. Please turn there with your Bibles. As a reminder, the Holy Spirit will be taken over as I go on to these scriptures. So please clear your minds and prepare your hearts to receive the message that the Spirit is trying to say to the church this morning. Amen? Okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. A time for everything. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace a time and a time to turn away. A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak, and a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And the ultimate peace comes through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His peace passes all understanding as we grow in our grace and knowledge of our mighty Savior. But Ecclesiastes tells us clearly that there's a time and a season for everything going on in our lives. And it's only for a season. If you're going through a season of suffering, you're suffering for Jesus. If you're going through a season of blessing, you share that blessing with others. We share our blessings in our, whatever's going on in our life today, we have to remember it's only for a season and it will pass. All we have to do is trust in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Put our trust in Him. Okay. So this morning we're going to talk about Memorial Day, okay? 
Memorial Day brings to mind a patriotism and some of fun. But let's not forget why we observe the holiday. Our fallen heroes. In remembrance, we're going to share some uh, Memorial Day scriptures. Memorial Day is a salute to Americans who gave their lives for this country. Brave men and women who died in battle to protect our freedoms and preserve our liberties. This weekend, let's honor their service and sacrifice. I'll start by expressing my gratitude to those who serve, who are, or have served in the United States Armed Forces. Thank you. To those who love a service member, thank you. And to all the families of the, of the fallen heroes, thanks for your sacrifice and service. Finally, to veterans of the United States Marine Corps and the United States Navy, my heart is full of thanking God for you and your service to the country we love. Now, a little background on Memorial Day. Let's figure it. Let's, let's find out what it's really about this morning. Can you get an amen here? Amen. Memorial Day has a double meaning for us as Christians. As Americans and a Christian family, we remember the sacrifice of patriots, soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines who fought and died for our American ideals. As, and as Christians, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to free us from our sins. We also recall the martyrs through history, Christians who lived and died for their faith. Today's message honors our falling heroes, those who gave their lives for our country, and those who gave their lives for our Savior. True warriors, all of them. Before we get to the scriptures, let's look at the history of Memorial Day. A day of remembrance for fallen soldiers emerged after the American Civil War. Okay, The war between the states of 1861 to 1865 was the nation's bloodiest conflict. It claimed more lives than any other war in American history. The first national cemeteries appeared after the war ended. There, Americans paid tribute to fallen soldiers on both sides of the war. They decorated tombs with flowers, sang spiritual hymns, and recited graveyard prayers. In 1868, John A. Logan, an American soldier and veterans organizer, Call for a day of national remembrance. And on May 5th, the Grand Army of the Republic, GAR, established Decoration Day. Okay, the, the first cemetery took place at Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. At the end of the First World War, 1914 to 1918, Decoration Day expanded to honor fallen American heroes in all wars. In time... The observance became known as Memorial Day. Congress passed the Uniform Monday Holiday Act in 1968. Lawmakers set Memorial Day for the last Monday of May. The observance became a federal holiday in 1971. Today, we observe the holiday with memorial services and parades. We decorate grave sites with flowers and flags. We display the flag outside our homes. 
Above all, we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Apart from being a federal holiday, Memorial Day is also the traditional kickoff of summer. Government offices close on this day, as do most schools and businesses. Many Americans enjoy a three-day weekend. Yeah, that's for sure, right? We look forward to that. And we thank the soldiers for that. Believe me, they they deserve a lot more than recognizing them for one day. We should recognize them every day. Can't get any men here. For some people, a long weekend means a beach vacation or camping trip. For others, it's a backyard barbecue or picnic in the park. However you spend the holiday, please set aside a few minutes for reflection. Read the Bible, remember our fallen heroes, and pray for their families. We owe each each of them a debt we can never repay. Now, let's go on to some of the verses. Here are some Memorial Day scriptures to honor our fallen heroes. Let's read them, meditate on them, and include them in our prayers, and then share them with your family and friends. Number one, no greater love than this. Turn with me to John chapter 15, please. I can't stress my gratitude enough for them fallen soldiers. When we see that memorial that was going across the street that nobody was taking care of it and letting it go to shame, the church made a decision to do something about that. We went over there and we showed the love of Jesus and cleaned it up. Because those soldiers belong to God. And so do we. And it's our obligation to take care of our environment around us for the glory of our Savior. Not to just walk by it and let it go and forget about it. We're Christians. We belong to each other. We love and comfort each other. We get outside of ourselves and look to benefit society and the others so people can see Jesus controlling us and not the devil. Can I get an amen here? And the only way they're going to see that is if it's love in action. They see us out there cleaning it up, then they say, you know what? Right, we should keep it clean. And then you see others going in there keeping it clean. Some might never, but that doesn't matter. Guess who sees everything we do? Jesus sees it. God sees it. All right, John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what our heroes did, right? They laid their lives down for us, for our freedom. And what do we do as Christians? We lay our lives down for Jesus and his glory. And we help build his house and his temple and bring others into the kingdom. That's the ultimate sacrifice. All right? Freedom is a gift. It is a treasure. And though we only agree on that truth, it's often easy to take for granted the greatest gifts that God has given us in our lives. But most, the most precious gifts are never free. They came with the price with sacrifice. They were were worth fighting for and are still worth fighting for today. 
Many brave men and women were willing to face hard battles in order for us to enjoy that gift of freedom today. For all those who have protected our nation, for the men and women in uniform together, we all say thank you. We take time to remember today and say a prayer of gratefulness for the many who have been willing to pay a great price for our freedom. May God help us to live so courageously. May we follow the brave examples of those who have gone before us. Thank you for reminding us that there's incredible love and sacrifice displayed when one is willing to stand strong and fight for freedom. This service of love and sacrifice on behalf of all people points us directly to the greatest love of all, the very gift and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Our Savior was willing to pay the ultimate price so that we could live free forever. How about a big amen and a thank you for our Lord and Savior? Two, we honor where honor is due. Go with me to Romans chapter 13, please. Romans chapter 13, look at verse 6. Everybody a second to get there. Here the page is turning. I love it. It's okay. Take your time. That Bible is precious. It's the owner's manual to your life. You follow what's in that Bible and live by its principles, you'll have a great life down here and a glorious life in heaven. Look at verse 6. Pay your taxes too for these same reasons. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Why? Well, our taxes, the money that we pay, pays the soldiers. Fuels the war. Pays for the equipment. It comes through our taxes. That's why we pay for a good cause. Can I get an amen here? We have to understand this. It says, and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. They protect us and our freedoms. Now, love fulfills God's requirements. Look at verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. You want to you figure out that book? Love your neighbor as yourself completes that book. If, any, if you forget everything else, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what that Bible teaches you to do. Can I get a big amen here, please? That's all, that's all there is to it. To love your neighbor. And that's unconditional love, 1 Corinthians 13, that he puts in every Christian's heart. He plants that seed in there so we can what? Start to sprout Jesus. To, see, to show love in an unloving world. See, we don't fight with weapons of... Uh, we fight with love. We fight with our spirit of freedom on our knees with the Lord. He fights our battles for us. Can I get an amen here? It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but spiritual. You pray for the people. The third one, precious in God's sight. Psalms 116, please. We stand here free this morning 
by the blood the soldiers shed to keep this nation free. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And the ones who continue to fight for us right now in the bloody battles going on around in this world. And we're not going to forget them here. We're going to remember them and honor them like they deserve to be honored. And this country should honor them even more and give them everything they need for what they did for our country and what they continue to do for our country and the families that had to give the sacrifice so that they had to, to go out into the war and battlefields and leave their families behind. Psalm 116, look at verse 14. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant. Born into your household, you have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. How about an amen there? This fourth thing, thanking God for you. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, please. We thank God for all the brave men and soldiers that he sent out there. And we thank God for Jesus, who paid the ultimate sacrifice for us. May we never take that for granted or lose sight of the real reason why we're here. First Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 2. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? We always thank God for the soldiers and pray for them constantly as we pray about them. We think of their faithful work and their loving deeds for our country because of our Lord Jesus Christ. The fifth one, if war should arise, go with me to Psalms 27, please. Is everybody with me so far this morning? Amen. As we honor them. The men and women who fought in our country and the men and women who died to put this Bible in our hands. Psalm 27, look at verse 3. <coughs> Psalm 27, look at verse 3. Though a mighty army surrounds me, 
my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. How about a big amen there? Most of the soldiers have a Bible with them to protect them against the attacks of the enemy. And guess what? The Bible you got in your hand right now protects you against the attacks of your enemy, the great serpent, Satan, who comes and tries to take believers out of the kingdom. Can I get any men here? That book you hold in your hand is precious. That's your weapon against the warfare we face now, against the devil and his minions, trying to attack our minds and cloud us with all kinds of evil spirits of envy and hatred and lust and deception and depression and anxiety and all these evil things that the devil tries to put in our mind to what? To take us off course. To bring us back into the world again. To say, look, this doesn't work. Oh, it works. You put your hand, you put your hope in Jesus Christ and he will solve every problem you have. But you have to believe it and trust it and you also have to obey it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, seek his will and he will show you the path to take. Can I get a big amen there? Number six, a good soldier for Christ. Even though the soldiers are out there, there's soldiers right here, right now. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Believe me, everyone in here is a soldier. And if it wasn't for the ones that are in here now to help, I wouldn't be able to preach. They protect me. They're all around me, the soldiers. Making sure that I get this message through. I honor all of them. Believe me, anybody who wants to get into this warfare, the Lord puts his hedge of protection on. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against us in judgment, thou shalt condemn, the Bible says. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And his righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So if you make a decision to turn, turn to the Lord and serve him, he will protect you. And no harm will come to you, says the Lord. He will protect you. If you make that choice to serve him. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Jesus died so we could be able to handle the suffering that we're going to have to suffer in this world while we're here. Do not think because you're a Christian and believe in Jesus Christ you will not suffer. You will suffer for his namesake. And that's what has to be taught in churches. People think that he's just some genie in the sky blessing us all the time. The blessing is heaven is your home. It's locked in. Down here you're going to have many trials, it says. But take heart, Jesus said, because I've overcome the world. All of us are overcomers. And overcoming is not a feeling. Overcoming is a fact. Look at verse 3. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus.
Right? Is everybody there? Okay. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Now look what it says in verse 4. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. What is the Bible trying to say? Stay out of people's business. You work for the Lord. You leave it in God's hands. There's only one person that can save anybody who's fallen. It's Jesus. You bring them to the Lord Jesus and then you go your way. You don't try to rescue them because the only one who's going to rescue them is Jesus. Read the prodigal. What the prodigal? What about the prodigal? Right? He went away with the inheritance. The Lord, the father didn't go running after him. The father let him hit the bottom and come home. So sometimes you can get in the way of someone coming to the Lord by stopping them from reaching the pig pen. Can I get an amen here? You have to let them go. As hard as it might seem, believe me when I tell you the Lord has them. Believe me, I had to go all the way to the pig pen to find Jesus. All the way down or I wouldn't because if somebody could rescue me, I wouldn't need a savior. You understand? You have to understand this principle and leave them in God's hands. Can I get a big amen here? Too many times people get involved with people and try to rescue them. Look, all we can do is bring them to Jesus. And if they reject that, you let them go until they're ready to accept it. Can I get an amen here? Look, I can't even, I can't even save myself, never mind somebody else. And taking care of my own heart is a 24-7 thing. Never mind looking at someone else's. The Bible tells us to mind your own business. Soldiers don't get, in a, they don't get involved in civilian life because there's a, there's a goal. All right. I got an amen here. I'm trying to teach you something here. Because a lot of times people stop people from hitting the bottom. They never find Jesus. They never find him because they never go to the bottom. Because what happens? We try to be the Savior. It doesn't work that way. Look at verse 7. I mean, chapter, the seventh one is how we know love. Go with, go with me to 1 John chapter 3. As I was looking up the scripture, it says 1 John 3.16. And the other one is John 3.16. I said, wow, they line right up together. Look, so God loved the world. And look at verse 16 of 1 John 3.16. It was amazing. I just like I just like opened my eyes to it. I didn't realize that it was like right there with it. The same scripture. This is beautiful. First John three. Look at verse sixteen. See, it's talking about real love. Worldly love is not real love. Godly love is really love. 1 Corinthians 13, that's what real love is. Real love. It's unconditional. If you could really grasp the unconditional love of God in your soul, you will be able to love yourself the same way, and you'll be able to love others the same way too, unconditionally, no matter what they're going through. Because if you think about the way you are and the way you act and how God loves you unconditionally, even when you are in your flesh, he doesn't hold it against you. He doesn't see it. It's amazing. 
He's got a big eraser. What do we need? We need a big eraser too. Can I get an amen here? Look at verse 16. We know what real love is. How do we know what it is? Because Jesus gave his life for us. He's the example. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. You see it? We no longer live for ourselves, the Bible says. We live for the glory of God. And whatever the need might be outside of that. All right, let's go to eight. Principle. Made alive with Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just imagine what Jesus did. He laid his life down for us while we were still sinners, while we were his enemies. He's saying, go and do the same. Lay your life down for people that don't like you. You say, how can I do that? No, you can't do it. That's why you have Jesus. Jesus gives you the ability to do what you can never do. Can I get any men here? He does for us what we can't do for ourselves. Like love unconditionally. You know it as well as I do. We love people when they love us. But when they don't love us, we can't say, oh, I love you anyway. <laughs> love added to that. Love to, I can't say it. But with Jesus' love, listen, I understood this. I'm understanding these principles as I grow in Christ to love the dying world because they don't understand what we understand see they don't know what we know they don't see Christ they don't know Christ so we should never attack somebody that's not a believer because they don't understand we didn't understand at one time either so we have to what love them into the kingdom show them Jesus because if you can't tell them about Jesus the next best thing is to what show them Jesus by what honoring them being kind to someone just because you want to be kind, not because you have to be. Can I get any men here? You don't have to do anything. It's a choice. It's the fruit of the Spirit. You want to do these things because Jesus loves you. And he did, died for you. So he gives you a desire to want to do good for the benefit of others just because it's the right thing to do. Not to get a reward for it. Now, how do I make this? How can I make an example of this? You're driving. Somebody's pulling out. And you stop. And you let them out. And they don't wave thank you. How rude. Well, you did it for the wrong reason. If you wanted to get, oh, thank you, instead of saying I'm doing it because I would like that done to me when I want to pull out. How about an amen there? Does it somebody have to say thank you? Guess who sees it? God does. So you do it because it's the right thing to do. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I know when I'm pulling out of Middle Spring Avenue, when there's a million cars there, I would like someone to stop and let me out. Well, if I would like that to happen, guess what I have to do? Stop and let someone out. Because it comes back. Can I get an amen here? Do I understand what we're talking about here? That's what unconditional love is. Not looking for a reward. You do it because it's the right thing to do. How about an amen here? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. And you know how Christians are. Oh, I'm never letting anybody out again. They didn't say thank you. Okay, king. 
I didn't know you were a king that had to get thank you for doing something kind. I told we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not to get not to get rewarded for it. That's Christian love. That's love in action. Conditional love is they didn't wave. I'm never letting them out again. Unconditional love is. Seem good in your sight, Lord. Get it? This, that's that's what that's the difference. All right. Look at verse um, First Corinthians fifteen, verse twenty-two. Now, is it is it courteous though? If somebody lets me out, I thank them because it's courteous. But that's not why. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not because I. I want to thank them. If somebody doesn't want to thank me because I let them out, that's what I want. Guess who's thanking me? My rewards in heaven for that. See, the acts of kindness that we do down here that don't get recognized are rewarded in heaven. So if you want the reward down here, that's the only reward you'll ever get. Look at fifteen, verse twenty-two. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, we're all born spiritually dead. That's what they're talking about. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. You know that you have a new life in Christ? You know that you're born again? What do you mean born again? You're born again into a spiritual life where you can actually accomplish God's will for your life now through Jesus Christ. You have that power. You have resurrection power. Now, is resurrection power something that you feel, or is it something you possess? It's something that you possess and have a choice to do. He never takes away your free will choices. But you now have the power to live a new life in Christ and to live the way God wants you to live. Can I get an amen here? All right. The last one. Our hope is in Jesus. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This is a very confident scripture for people who were passed on to be with the Lord. Some of the fallen soldiers or whatever, whatever might have happened to anyone that's not with us today that are Christians. Look at verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Our hope is in Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, verse 13, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died. Or who have fallen asleep. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Listen to this. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died in Christ will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, 
we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up the rapture in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words so that we know that when one thing about a Christian, when we die, that's not the end for us. So that's why we don't grieve like the rest of the world. It's actually the dessert for a Christian. We are now passing on into a better life with Christ. Can I get an amen here? We don't have to grieve because we understand where they are. All right. Let's close this up. Let's pray here. Dear God, we thank you for the freedom you have given to us. And the price that was paid by Christ so that we could live free. We remember today the cost of it all, the great sacrifice for our freedom. We thank you for the brave men and women who have fought and continue to fight so courageously for our nation. We ask for your covering and blessing over them and their families, Lord. We pray that you would be gracious and encircle them with your peace, Lord. We pray for your great favor and goodness to be evident in their lives. Please be with all those who wear the uniform, who serve our communities and nation every single day, Lord. We ask you to provide your protection, that you would be their guiding force who leads the way, and their rear guard who keeps them safe from behind. We ask that you would draw them to yourself amidst the dangers they face in a dark world, for you are the truth, you are the way, and you are the light. Help them to walk wisely, Lord, to stay covered in your armor. Give them godly discernment. Make them constantly aware of what lurks close by. Help them to be men and women of prayer, realizing that this is where their greatest help comes from. Help them to stay united and strong, bold and resolute, determined and unwavering. Bless their families, Lord. Bless those they love. Give them your great favor this day and every day. Thank you that our nation today, we are free to worship. We are free to pray. We are free to read your word. We are free to speak. We are free to share. For this, we are incredibly grateful, Lord. Yet we understand how quickly these freedoms can be taken away. Give us an increased awareness of your spiritual battle that we're in. Help us to stand strong in you and for your purposes, Lord. Thank you that as believers, we can be assured that you will never leave us and you are with us always in this life and in the next. Thank you for your truth that says, who the Son has set free is free indeed. We know that in you alone true freedom is found. May God bless America and all of those who have sacrificed so greatly for our freedom and faithfully serve our nation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to close. I'm going to call the ushers to come up, and we're going to close. Thank you. And thank you, soldiers. All right, let's stand and worship the Lord and we're going to close.
He doesn't want us living in turmoil. He wants us to turn our burdens to Him today. And may each one of us, not only our burden, but try to pray for others, bring the blessing of joy to others, Jesus first, others second, ourselves last. Amen. The Lord always says all throughout the scripture, King David learned the greatest lesson of not being afraid. He feared not because he knew the Lord was with him. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge, our strength, a very present help in trouble. So may we know today and every day that Jesus is with us. He wants our burden. He's the victory is his, and he is our beloved shepherd. So maybe just to leave here today, love each other, enjoy this beautiful day, and in all things we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Cindy. All right, the service is over. Have a great Memorial Day. God bless. Until we meet again, God bless. Peace.